Welcome to the Open Apple Podcast, where we celebrate the Apple II. Whether you're a longtime user, a nostalgic visitor, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share news and memories of Steve Wozniak's most famous personal computer. Welcome to Open Apple. This isn't our usual monthly episode, but we have some bad news we wanted to share with the community as soon as possible. Ryan Suinaga, a member of the Apple II community for the past several decades, unfortunately passed away this past Sunday. He was hiking in his native Hawaii with several friends when he became separated from the group. When the group went back to find him, they couldn't, so they finished the trail without him. Later on, authorities found Ryan at the base of a cliff. He'd apparently fallen 150 feet and passed away. This is just a tragic blow for the Apple II community and for Hawaii and for the world because Ryan has been an active participant in so many aspects of life. Uh, he attended every single Kansas Fest from 1996 to 2009. He was a writer for Juice GS from the very first issue, and Max Jones, in fact, recently told me that he basically considers Ryan the co-founder of Juice GS, and Ryan became the editor-in-chief, in fact, when Max passed the torch on. Ryan was also a, one of the very first podcasters in our community, which led directly to the Open Apple Show. And more important than all the quantifiable contributions, he was also a dear friend. He came to visit me in Massachusetts several times. He was in the wedding party for Eric Shepard and Sarah Phillips. He uh, was a donor for my charities and I for his. He even missed last year's Kansas Fest because he was riding in the Lance Armstrong bicycle race to raise money for cancer. He was a caretaker for his niece, for his ailing mother and his aunt, and before he passed away, his father. He was a humanitarian, an athlete, a financial advisor, an enthusiastic Twitter user, and many more. And I have many memories I'd like to share with about him, and I'm sure you do as well, Mike. I didn't know Ryan, I think, as well as you or some of the other community members did. I only saw him face-to-face -face at Kansas Fest, but the few times that I did see him, it was always a, a really good experience. I showed up to my first Kansas Fest in 2005, and at the time, I hadn't met any other Apple II users, hobbyists, face-to-face. Uh, so I'm moving my stuff in. I don't know anybody, and I'm I'm you know I'm not much of a people person anyway. And and uh, but he came right up and, and introduced himself to me, and and really made me feel a lot more comfortable about having uh, come there because at first I didn't even know if I was going to stay for the whole week. Yeah, I met Ryan for the first time in person at my first Kansas Fest, which was 1998. But I must have known him online before then because I was a member of the online communities on CompuServe and then Genie, and then Delphi, and then Syndicom Online. And I don't think Ryan was on CompuServe, but I know he was on the other three. And in fact, he founded several communities on Syndicom Online, which I then took over because he basically established them and then had somebody else run them, uh, which is seems to be one of his strengths, was getting other people reared up to participate in the Apple II community. He started Apple II News and Notes, which he passed on. He started or at least ran the lamp and genie lamp, which he passed on to Lyle Syverson. He ran Juice GS, as I mentioned, which he passed on to me. And even though he let go of these things, he always was available as a resource and as a guide. 
And in my course of working with JuiceGS, I had several questions for him, which he always happily answered. But meeting him at Kansas Fest was a blast because he was such a vibrant character, almost as much as his shorts were. Yes, I think that uh, that's certainly going to be one thing that everybody remembers about him is those, those bright Hawaiian shorts that he wore everywhere. Apparently, he was well known for this in Hawaii as well, which you think they you think that they would be par for the course out there. But I've just been reading all the tweets and blog posts that have been posted about him, and everybody recognized this as one of his signature pieces of apparel. There is a tribute meetup planned for him in Hawaii on May 10th, and everybody is being asked to wear the loudest shorts that they can find. Well, I definitely intend to bring a pair of loud Hawaiian shorts to Kansas Fest with me this year. I know that there will be a tribute for him at Kansas Fest and in the next issue of Juice GS. I'm pretty sure that you won't be the only one wearing those shorts. Well, I would hope not, no. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I remember from uh, Kansas Fest was the annual run to Krispy Kreme Donuts, and I know that he was always a, a part of that. And in fact, I think he sponsored that for, for many years, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, I don't know how he got introduced to Krispy Kreme Donuts, but I guess this wasn't something he was accustomed to in Hawaii. It's only something he got when he was on the mainland uh, in the continental states. So every single year he would go out to Krispy Kreme and on his own dime buy like six dozen donuts and bring them back to share with K-Fest. And even in Kansas Fest 2010, when he was not present, he PayPal'd me $50 and said this is specifically for buying as many donuts as $50 will buy. Wow. Yeah, Kansas Fest has never been a healthy event, and <laughs> I'm sure Ryan definitely participated in that. But I noticed, I, I, was, I just recently found a presentation that he gave on the correlation between social media and health. And I didn't realize this, but when his father passed away in the early 2000s, it was only at that time or afterward that Ryan found out that his father was a type 2 diabetic. Knowing that that runs in the family, Ryan then got himself tested and found out that he was a diabetic and he'd never known. And he considers this basically his father's last gift to him. It was about that time that Ryan started taking more control over his health. There is a funny correlation that I think somebody once pointed out by showing several pictures of Ryan throughout many Kansas fests. There seemed to be a correlation between the length of his hair and his weight. <laughs> Because as he got older, he started cutting his hair shorter, but he also started losing weight because he was getting more involved with bicycling and running marathons and hiking. Right. He was never anybody who let things happen to him. He always took as much control as he could. Sometimes that was infuriating because if I would email him and ask him to do something that would only take five minutes to do, rather than just fire it off and keep me from waiting, he would write back and say, I can pencil you in for six weeks from now. <laughs> because he was so regimented that that was how he got things done. But the amazing thing is he got so much more done than most people. So this system, as infuriating as it was for his friends, must have worked for him. Well, it's interesting that you should mention uh, health and especially weight loss. I recently got to a place in my life where I had to lose some weight. And I ended up over several months, maybe the better part of a year, I ended up losing about 40 pounds. A lot of the motivation and kind of the will to keep up with that came from Ryan for me. We, we communicated by Twitter and I was able to ask him questions. One of the things that he, he did on a regular basis on Twitter was post his daily weight, uh, which actually, you know, it doesn't really maybe sound like such a big deal, but that's actually kind of a hard thing to do to 
put your weight out there for everybody to see, especially when you maybe you're struggling with losing weight and trying to get healthy again. Um, but I will always appreciate that he was there for me and willing to kind of talk to me about those sort of issues as well as uh, the Apple II stuff. I didn't actually follow him on Twitter because he had 91,926 tweets. That was a little bit too voluminous for me. I can see how important things like that could be missed or overlooked. Yeah, prolific is definitely an understatement. Yeah, but he garnered over 2,000 followers, and mm -hmm. almost all 2,000 of them have been posting tweets all week about him and about the loss that they're now suffering. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I knew that he had an active life away from the Apple II community, but I, I had no idea just how involved he was with all these other aspects of his life. And, and then you see these outpourings of of love and, and grief and, and how much people really miss him. It's he, uh, he touched a lot of people, and that's neat to see. People who are celebrities in the Apple II community, it's easy to imagine that they're not as noticed outside that community, but there have been so many news reports and videos about him, and one gentleman, I think his name was Ricky Lee, he was interviewed and said, I don't know that I've ever seen Hawaii Facebook and Hawaii Twitter this sad. People mm, go outside and wow. look up and they say, oh, even the sky looks sad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like all of Hawaii is in mourning. It's kind of interesting. I was, as, as we were talking here, I'm looking at uh, Ryan's uh, Live Journal webpage. And the final entry is, is uh, from April 18th. Uh, it just says, can't catch my breath and life keeps spinning. Just uh, last week, he tweeted that he was going hiking on the, this trail, and one of his friends tweeted back, that trail isn't for novices. And Ryan tweeted back, I hope I don't die. And even just a few days before that, he was saying that one of his life goals is to leave 10% of his estate to a scholarship for Hawaiian Buddhists who want to study social work because he was in life a social worker and apparently such a good one that he was very much in demand. Yeah, he tweeted quite a bit about his his caseload, not not the specific people, of course, but just how in demand he sometimes felt. Seemed to be kind of overwhelming at times. And nobody can replace Ryan, but I hope that scholarship comes to pass and that whoever's organizing it is able to raise the money necessary to make it happen. Yeah, that would be neat to see. He interviewed me once for uh, A2 Unplugged. Uh, it was for the computist scans, actually. And that was kind of my first experience with podcasting in general and then with the Apple II podcast. I, I think when he started A2 Unplugged, at first everyone thought that uh, he was the, the first Apple II podcast out there, but that turned out not to be true because of Carrington's uh, one megahertz, of course. But um, I will miss looking forward to uh, a new A2 Unplugged podcast. Yeah, Carrington wrote on the Kansas Fest list that he got to meet Ryan one time at the only Kansas Fest that Carrington attended, and, quote, I thought he was an absolute delight, which he was. It was funny that when you talk to Ryan online, he could come across as very stoic because mm -hmm. he was always being pulled in so many different directions when he was at home. But then he would come to visit me in Massachusetts, or we would actually travel to Omaha together to visit Dane Nieder, or we would go to Kansas Fest. And Ryan was just up all day and all night hanging out with his friends, tweeting away, and he had this distinctive laugh that you could hear a mile away that just made you laugh. He had this strange dichotomy when it comes to his standards. He once told me that 
he basically does his best on something and then puts it out there and there's no sense going back and trying to change it or improve it because he's already done his best and yet at the same time he would say something that exists is better than something that doesn't and so if anybody had a complaint about the quality of something he had done he would just say well it's better than if i hadn't done it at all his a2 unplugged podcast to this day is still the most prolific apple II podcast there is one megahertz has reached only 13 episodes open apple has reached only three episodes and ryan over the course of five years did 36 episodes some of them the audio quality wasn't always the best and we would certainly enjoy the content and the variety and the people that he would bring on board like you and me and sheppy and max jones at the same time that we thought you know what could be done differently and i think to a degree that is what inspired at least my participation in this podcast was knowing that there was something out there to live up to and also to be inspired to even improve upon because Ryan wasn't perfect. Nobody was, but he just set so many different standards for people to live up to and he left room for them to grow and be their own person and do their own thing in their own way. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, in fact, it was sort of a similar inspiration for me to, to go to my first Kansas Fest in 2005. And, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have his quote in front of me, but basically he said, you know, there won't always be a Kansas Fest. So get there. That is, ex you just took the words out of my mouth because that is exactly what inspired me to go to my first Kansas Fest. People put it off and they say, I'll go next year, maybe next year. And that used to be my excuse. And then one day on Genie, Ryan wrote, this is a convention for a computer that Apple has canceled. We're not attracting new members. Right. There won't always be a Kansas Fest. And I realized he was right. And I needed to go while I still could. So I went when I was 19 years old in 1998. And most of the people that I met there knew me from online because I was a member of the community. But going as such a young person to a place of people I'd never met in person was a little bit intimidating, but people like Ryan and Cindy Adams and Max Jones and Eric Shepard were all just so warm and kind and welcoming that it took me almost no time at all to get involved because they saw that I was somebody who was genuinely enthusiastic about the community and they kept finding opportunities for me to participate. I didn't have to Actually, they wouldn't let me just sit back and be quiet. They kept pulling me in. And if it weren't for that active initiative on their part, I don't know that I ever would have taken it on my own. Active participation, I think, is something that Ryan really promoted in everything. You know, uh, he didn't he used to say that if you're a programmer and you come to Kansas Fest and you didn't, you don't have something to show, then you suck. <laughs> He inspired many K-Festers to come to Kansas Fest with programs, and I think that the level of output at Kansas Fest might have been slightly diminished if it weren't for that jocular challenge that Ryan issued. Yeah, well, I definitely know that uh, Kansas Fest this year is going to be a little bit quieter uh, without, without that laugh. Mm -hmm. I remember at one Kansas Fest, we were waiting for a table at KC Masterpiece, and I was standing outside with Sarah Shepard, uh, Eric Shepard's or Sheppy's wife, and she was talking to me about the different generations of Apple II users, which she had apparently thought of and I never had. There are people who 
started using the Apple II when it was brand new in the 70s and the 80s. People like Mark Simonson and Burt Kersey, who are getting older, and people like Silas Warner, who were losing. She said that's the first generation of Apple II users. Then there are people like you, Ken, or my husband, Eric, or Jeff Weiss, or Ryan, who are the next generation of Apple II users, and they're going to be the ones who pick up the torch from these pioneers and keep it burning for decades to come. And as we progress through those decades and we start to lose that first generation of Apple II users, like we lost Joe Cohn last year, that is a tragedy, but it's not entirely an unexpected one because people do get old, unfortunately. To have somebody like Ryan, who just turned 44 this past January, pass away is not the way things are supposed to be. No, no, that's uh, that's definitely a, it's a hard low uh, to take. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we lost uh, Gary Utter back in 2001, I think. And uh, I had never met Gary, and I didn't know him. And, well, and then we lost Joe Cohn last year, and I, again, I had never met Joe personally, and I'd only... Purchased some software from him through Shareware Solutions 2. Um, and so I, those affected me, you know, I, uh, but, but nothing on the level that, that I'm feeling with Ryan because Ryan I knew personally. I, and, and again, I wasn't as close to him as some other Apple II users were, but, uh, this, this hurts a lot and, and I don't think it's going to stop hurting for a while. Yeah, we actually lost Gary in 2004, and I was one of the f uh, few people from the active Apple II community who was able to attend his uh, his funeral and see his wife Sue there. Ryan put Gary on the cover of JuiceGS and wrote a tribute to him, and he invited many of us to do so, and I participated in that. And when I got the news that Ryan passed away, I realized I would need to put together a JuiceGS tribute for Ryan. And I started thinking about who were his friends, who knew him best, who was closest to him, who would have something thoughtful and meaningful to say. I was still in such a state of shock over the news that the first person I thought of who would want to participate in this was Gary. And then I realized they can't both participate in each other's tributes, but I somehow wish that they could. Yeah. But yes, Kansas Fest will be a very different event this year, but his I hope that his presence will be felt as much as his absence will be this year. I think so, yeah. I'm actually wearing my KLO shirt right now. I guess in 2003 when Waz was coming to K-Fest, Ryan and some of his friends felt that the K-Fest committee weren't marketing it to the extent that they should, so they sort of subverted the committee and put together what they called the Kansas Fest Liberation Organization. <laughs> And I don't remember what that consisted of, but I must have been a part of it because Ryan gave me a shirt that says, I saved Kansas Fest and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Nice. But that's just one of many accomplishments he had for our community. And it hurts to know that there aren't going to be any more, but I'm thankful to have known him and I'm thankful for everything that he gave to his friends and to his family and to his community. Absolutely. I'm reading, uh, as you're talking, there's a, a tribute that's going to be held for Ryan on May 10th. Now, this is going to be in Hawaii, I guess. Uh, looks like it's going to be a, a Twitter meetup, um, and I'm reading the details here. It says, everyone's required to wear brightly colored board shorts, headbands, uh, and bike shorts, or anything else that reminds you of Ryan. 
And anybody who can't make it to that event, I encourage you to come to Kansas Fest this year because there will be events held in his memory as well. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, there, there are plenty of opportunities to to remember Ryan, and, and I hope that everyone takes part um, with whatever they feel comfortable. So I'd like to close just by saying uh, thank you for everybody who's made the Apple II community so special. I hope you take whatever opportunity you can to participate in this community and to get to know the people who are in it. And as I said, I'm just grateful that Ryan was a part of that. So to Ryan, aloha and mahalo. Aloha, Ryan. My best to you folks. Apple II forever. Kansas is forever. Mala mapono, ahuiho, and aloha. Ryan Suinaga, E2 Unplugged, Ryan's Apple Software. Good luck, guys. Bye.